It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 486 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is October 9th, 2023. Hopefully everybody is doing well. Feels like it's been forever since I have last done my last live show here on YouTube, my last episode. So welcome on in. If you're watching on replay on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast platforms, I definitely appreciate you. For anyone that is here live, I appreciate you as well. Today, I wanted to get into my Padres offseason wish list. At least this is my Padres offseason wish list 1.0 because it could change. There could be a second or a third version, you know, as we get into the offseason, as some guys come off of the board, as some rumors start flying around, you know, at the winter meetings and stuff like that. And maybe this is a little early to be doing a wish list because. We don't even know who has won the World Series yet, but the Padres season is over, so I just figured come on here and do that, uh, start looking towards next season, because you know throughout the rest of this month here, I'm still going to be reflecting, because I still got the player season reviews to do uh, here on the show. Um, I've been doing that on Gaslamp Ball. I got um, player review articles going out pretty much every day there till we get done with the roster, so... I'm going to be doing some of those here on the YouTube channel as well, on this podcast and YouTube show as well. But today, off-season wish list, 
And I put a post out on Twitter last night or yesterday afternoon just asking you guys, asking Padres fans, what is on your Padres offseason wish list? And I got almost 100 responses. So I'm going to get to those. If you want to put your offseason wish list in the chat, I will get to that. If you want to put it as a super chat, uh, it guarantees that I will get to yours. And so I definitely appreciate uh, anyone that takes the time to do that. But I wanted to get to mine first. Now, some of these aren't all like having to do with the roster. Some are some other things that maybe some haven't thought about. Um, so without further ado, let's get started. And when I go through this as well, before we get started here, it's not really about like what I think is the most important. The first one is, but it's just ones that came off the top of my head as I'm just writing down notes here uh, before the show, what my offseason wish list is. So I just want to put that out there. This isn't like my priority list, like one, two, three, four, five. This is more important than this. This is just all my wish list here. And I'm probably forgetting some. That's why I have a great audience like you to fill in the gaps there on some things that I might be missing. Um, okay, so the first thing that I have here written down, and this one is the most important, Peter Seidler getting better. I think we can all agree our chairman, our owner, Peter Seidler, please get better. Hopefully he will be healthy by the end of this offseason and going into spring training. He will be well. And he'll be back at Petco Park because I believe that's what he said in his statement before the end of this season was that he wasn't going to be able to be at the final homestand of the year because of the medical procedure that he just did. And he's on the road to recovery. So hopefully that recovery is going well. And I think we can all agree the number one priority this offseason is him getting much better there. Um, okay, getting to more of the baseball here. A.J. Preller and Bob Melvin getting on the same page on roster construction. Maybe they've already done that, but I have a feeling that because of some of the stuff that we have read, now, if you're AJ, if you're going to listen to A.J. Preller and listen to Bob Melvin, don't put stock into those anonymous reports because they're anonymous. So don't put any stock into that because they it's it can't be correct because it's anonymous. But if you are going to put stock into it, which I think you should, I don't know if you want to take this as like the gospel or, you know, this is like 100%, I believe, in everything that's being put out there. I'm not saying you have to do that, but I think you should put stock into it because there are people that spoke to Kevin AC, Dennis Lynn, Ken Rosenthal that did this because they want the Padres organization to be better. That's why they're doing this. Um, but yeah, the, the roster construction, same page, they were not on the same page. It feels like they have not been on the same page maybe a little bit in 2022, or maybe it's just because someone like Jerks and Profar was under contract, so he was on the roster, and therefore Bob Melvin was able to use Jerks and Profar, someone who played a lot of different positions. I know he played a lot of left field in that year, but he was open to doing whatever it took to help the team and all that. But going into this past season and in this season, there were veterans that were DHing and taking up a roster spot when they couldn't go play another position and then they sucked on top of it um, just be on same page I think we can all agree that should be a priority before this World Series even ends because they're not in it so use this time to get on the same page have a great plan going into the offseason how you're going to attack it 
which if this player comes off the board in free agency, okay, Bob, what player do you think is best? What are some players here? Create a board, right? I'm sure people have seen that, right, where they create a board or probably on a Google Doc or spreadsheet nowadays with, you know, the laptops and all that. But create something where it's like, all right, next option, next option, next option, being as much on the same page as they can. I think that's a priority. Um, the next one, bring in a GM. I'm not very confident that this is going to happen. I think when AJ Preller says that, yeah, it was on the table last year, it's been on the table this offseason, and we'll be talking about it. I think that's just him telling the media, telling fans what they want to hear, so they'll stop asking about it. I don't, I don't really believe that a new GM is going to be hired here, but I think that is something that would be nice. Um, someone like James Click, who I believe is with the Toronto Blue Jays, but he could go to a team like the Mets to be that GM and be under David Stearns. I feel like there's going to be some GMs around baseball who, by the way, have had conversations with AJ, probably a lot of them, and know him through those conversations and how he operates because they have to, because they're a GM of another team and trying to get interest from the Padres on certain players and all that. So I feel like Finding a GM might be a little bit tough if you're trying to bring in someone like James Click or someone that's done it before. You probably have to bring in someone that doesn't really have a relationship or knows a whole lot about AJ Preller beforehand here to bring them in. But what I, I don't want it to be someone I don't all with all due respect to someone like Josh Stein and Fred Ullman Jr., this longtime assistant GMs in this Padres organization. I don't want one of them to be elevated to GM. Because how does that change things? It just changes the title. Maybe they take on a bigger role. But at the end of the day, everything still runs through A.J. Preller. They're, they still know, they're still, they still have the same relationship with A.J. Preller. Nothing really changes there. Like, I want someone to come in who is unbiased. They're coming in maybe from another organization. And they're like, oh, yeah, you could do this better. Or someone that's not maybe working for a team right now, but just a smart baseball guy come in, and again, not someone like Don Tricker who doesn't really have a baseball background, a baseball guy, come in, ask questions, help, and have A.J. Preller, hopefully A.J. can actually listen to this guy. Peter Seidler will listen to this guy. People in the front office will listen to this guy. And hopefully Bob Melvin can have a good relationship with this incoming GM if that happens. Again, I don't think it will, but if it does happen, that's on my wish list for sure. Have a good relationship, and maybe that can help things for maybe this final year with Preller and Melvin together. It sucks that we're, that we're at this point where it's like, oh, maybe this new GM coming in can be the middle guy between Preller and Melvin. But if that has to be the case, then okay, whatever will make this thing better, I'm, I'm up for that. So I think bringing in a, a GM... And not just for being the middle guy, but just someone with a new perspective. Not a yes man to Preller, not a yes man to anyone. Just new perspective. Hopefully they will have their opinion be welcomed in the organization. Maybe they were, maybe it's someone like Sig Mejdel. I think that's his name. Sig, Sig Mejdel or whoever, whatever his name is. Uh, from the Baltimore Orioles. I think he's the assistant GM. Would he want to leave for the Padres? Don't know. That is, that would be an elevation because if he's the assistant GM with Baltimore, 
he could be the GM with the Padres, so the Orioles could not restrict him from coming to the Padres. But maybe it's someone like that where they're sitting there in another organization. It's like, you have so much talent. You have more talent on this team than the Orioles do. And the Orioles have a lot of young talent. But just talent overall, maybe not young talent, certainly not young talent, but just talent overall, they might be sitting there, man, you have more talent than we do, but you're doing some stuff wrong here. Have someone come in and tell you what the heck you're doing wrong and have that person be listened to and have that person feel like they're actually valued. You know, I, I think that can go a long way. All right, another thing on my wish list. Keep Juan Soto, keep Ha Sung Kim, keep Jerks and Profar. Profar is a free agent. The other two are not. But let's get to Juan Soto first. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of different conversations about Juan Soto this offseason. And I'll probably be going through all of the reports this offseason that are going to be coming out from different reporters about, oh, the Padres, they're leaning towards trading Juan Soto or they're leaning towards keeping him or staying under the $200 million is going to have an influence on whether they keep Soto or not, or it's not going to have an influence on if they keep Soto or not. Like, There's probably going to be a ton of different reports here coming from different people inside the organization, outside the organization, and I mean coming from, like sources giving to reporters, um, just like on the Soto situation because it's very interesting. Maybe there will be reports coming out about Oh, extension talks, they're going well, or they're not going well, things like that. But keeping Juan Soto, that is something that is on my wish list. Maybe they will extend him, maybe they won't. But I want to give Juan Soto, this Padres team, that 2024 opportunity. The best chance to win for the Padres in 2024, to go win the World Series, I believe, is having one of the best hitters in baseball on your team in a walk year when he is going to be super motivated to have an amazing season. I think he he can have, definitely, he can have a better season than he had in 2023, which, by the way, he had 35 home runs. His OPS was pretty good. Top 10 player, top 10 offensive player pretty much, I think, in baseball. Uh, probably will get some type of MVP votes um, this year from the writers even though I would say it was a little bit of a down year from Juan Soto. He's going to be like that again. He's going to have two bad months next season. I'm not so sure about that. And I'm willing to take the risk of him being like this again or taking the risk of the Padres missing the postseason in 2024. Sitting here right now, I I mean, I sure hope the Padres don't miss the postseason next year. I think they, they'll make it because... There was a lot of things that happened this year where it's like, that's not going to happen again next year, right? Now, the work has to be put in. The roster construction has to be better. I'm not saying like it was luck. Some of them, you could say, but I'm not excusing one-run games and extra inning games or anything like that. But that's not going to happen again this this next year, right? So, like with Soto, and I've said this time and time again already, ever since like the Juan Soto topic has been brought up, Regrets. I don't want Peter Seidler, AJ Preller. I don't want anyone in that Padres organization to have any regrets. Like, oh man, what if we had Juan Soto on this baseball team? You know, and they they missed the postseason by a couple games, right? Or I don't know. They they trade Juan Soto, and he goes and wins MVP with another team, right? Which we could definitely see happening, right? Uh, like 
something like that, where you gave up so much, you're not going to get that much back in a trade if you trade him this offseason. You'll get back more if you trade him this offseason than if you trade him before the trade deadline if things aren't going well. But yeah, no S, of course you will. But you're not going to get back nearly as much if you trade him this offseason as you got back, or as you, excuse me, as you traded to Washington in that trade. Like, so just drop that. If you think you can get something comparable back, you're not going to. You're not. And guess what? The Padres were probably one of like two teams that had enough to give to the Nationals. And I mean, like, top prospects. What the Nats were asking for for Juan Soto. Maybe the Dodgers were the other team. And that's that. And they had Mookie Betts, obviously. Like, they had, there was a different situation there, right? They weren't probably as desperate as the Padres were to make that move. Um, like, so just drop, if anyone in the Padres front office thinks that they're going to get something back comparable to what they gave up, it's not going to happen. Drop that thought. Just stop. Um, I want Juan Soto on this baseball team. I want Hassan Kim on this baseball team. I understand like, oh, maybe Jackson Merrill comes up or they go get a real first baseman. They can move Crony over to second. Bogart's still at short. Manny at third when he can come back, hopefully like less than a month in and, you know, be fully back at third base and fully healthy. You, maybe you don't need Hassan Kim that much, but he keeps getting better every year. And he is someone, injuries happen. Xander Bogart's with the wrist. Crony, obviously, he got hurt to end the year. We'll see what happens there. Just versatility. Yeah. Someone that can play every day, essentially. Bob Melvin is, a, is someone that I'm sure loves Ha Sung Kim because of the things that I just laid out there. The things that he can do for this baseball team. That's not a guy that Bob Melvin wants off this baseball team. So again, I go back to you know Preller and Bob getting on the same page about roster construction. Do you think that Bob doesn't want Juan Soto on this baseball team? Do you think Bob doesn't want Ha Sung Kim on this baseball team? Do you think Bob doesn't want Jerkson Profar on this baseball team? If the answer is yes to that, I, I just disagree. He wants those guys on this baseball team in 2024 because of the things that they can provide to this team. And I get the payroll stuff, and they're trying to get under $200 million. I'm going to continue to say, until it doesn't happen, I'm going to continue to say, I don't see this team getting under $200 million as their payroll. If they're actually trying to go win a World Series in 2024, I don't see them getting under 200. Like I'm looking, I'm reading on the San Diego U Union Tribune and they're doing like the payroll estimates and all that. And they have like 20, $25 million of room to replace Waka, Lugo. I think Martinez was included on that. Snell, Hayter, uh, probably Garrett Cooper and the other offensive players that are now free agents like Gary Sanchez. They're just not going to, that's not going to happen. How are they going to do that? Now, they could do it in trades, but those players have salaries as well. And what, the Padres are just going to trade for a bunch of superstar players, or a bunch of really impact players that are on rookie salaries? That's just not how it works because those other teams don't want to give up that unless the Padres want to give them Jackson Merrill or something like that. And I don't know if the Padres would, I don't think it would be that smart to do that one. And I don't think, I don't know if the Padres would want to do that. So, yeah, keep Soto, keep Kim, keep keep Profar. I think that's thinking about Bob. I think that's what AJ needs to do this offseason. I'm not saying 
you make every move that Bob wants to make. Like you're the president of baseball ops, not Bob Melvin. But the communication, it seems like it needs to be better. Or if the communication is there, like Preller saying that, oh, they talk four or five times a day. Let's just say that that's reality, which I don't think it is. If they talk four to five times a day, well, are they on the same page when they're talking? It's one thing to talk four to five times a day. But if you're bickering, if you're not on the same page, if it's one-sided, one person's talking, and then the other person just nods their head, okay, 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 and then leaves, and they're just disagreeing, that's not productive conversations. So it all goes back to that, I think. Um, retain Seth Lugo is on there for me. I could say retain Michael Walker. Like, I would welcome a Michael Walker addition. But he does have the arm injury history. Where with Lugo, this past season, I get it to one year, but his was a calf injury. That was, it had nothing to do with the shoulder or an elbow or anything like that. I mean, look at his last start of the year. He almost got a complete game in San Fran. Great teammate. You know, Josh Hader didn't have to overwork himself that night. One, one, uh, one out. Like six pitches, great teammate there for Seth Lugo, right? He's someone that it felt like it was like a rubber arm this year. A lot of six inning outings can work deep if he is efficient. And if it doesn't work out next year, he can go to the bullpen. He can be a multi inning guy. Like that's someone that I think Bob Melvin definitely would want on this baseball team in 2024 as well. And I don't think it's going to have to be a six or seven year deal. It's not going to be. Just put, it's not going to be like a Blake Snell contract. Maybe two, three years, three years. I don't know how much per year, but Lugo has a player option. He's, he's going to decline that. What would he get? Would it be between 10 to 15, $16 million a year? Is that what it would be? I think that's pretty fair. And so bring him in on a two-year deal, maybe give him an option. I would be fine with that. But yeah, Seth Lugo, that's a guy... He's not about himself. Seems like he's totally about the team and wanting to be out there as a starting pitcher to get the most innings out of him and help his team, put his team in a great situation to win a baseball game once, twice a week, depending on the week of the on the calendar, right? So yeah, Seth is someone that I definitely want back. Am I willing to overpay? Not so sure about that. You know, we can look at some of the other options out there on the board but yes lugo's on there bring in some cheap starting pitching as like depth someone like julio Teira. i don't know how open he is to returning to the padres because they didn't give him an opportunity to even be on the big league roster this year he goes to milwaukee actually ends up pitching well but someone like that i saw his name on the the free agent list that i was looking at the other day someone like kenta maeda minnesota twins right now I think he's pitching more out of the bullpen, uh, coming in two, three innings after someone like Bailey Ober. Um, I'm obviously, for anyone that knows, family in Minnesota, so I'm rooting for the Twins. So I'm familiar with their roster uh, and loving watching them, by the way, right now. Obviously, would rather see the Padres be in there, you know, see both of them be in there, but uh, it's been fun watching them. But someone like Kenta Maeda, someone that maybe wants to start, kind of like Seth Lugo last year, right? but not given the opportunity by a lot of teams. I think Maeda started for the Twins a little bit as well this year, but he's kind of been moved into the bullpen because shorter series, less starters needed, 
Um, but maybe someone like that. It's not long-term deals, but you know, one-year deal types, kind of waiting for those younger top prospects to keep developing, moving up the farm system. You want the payroll to be down, so don't go and give pitchers, you know, twenty-five million dollars a year, thirty million dollars a year. Um, that brings me to obviously Blake Snell, but someone like Luis Severino, I know some are like, don't touch him because there's the injury questions, but. With the injury questions, that's also an opportunity for it to be like a one-year deal for Severino for it to like reestablish himself before he goes back into free agency. One-year deal, it's not going to be a lot of money because there's the injuries there. Maybe someone gives him a multi-year deal, but if he can take a one-year deal, take that risk, Ruben Diebla, work with him a little bit. Or, you know, if I understand, if the Padres don't want to take that injury risk, but it's not like it's, oh, you're signing Drew Pomerantz to a three, four-year deal. It's Luis Severino, who is very talented. And when he was on the mound this year, yeah, there were times where he struggled for sure with the Yankees. But I think Niebla can find something with him. Like, I, I trust Ruben Niebla. That's where I'm at with that. Um, Blake Snell, Yamamoto, Sonny Gray, I think he's a free agent, would be nice. But it feels like Sonny Gray, he's comfortable with the Twins, and I think the Twins would take, they're definitely going to try to bring him back. And he is someone that probably will get a bunch of interest from other teams that are willing to pay more money, maybe to Sonny Gray, than what the Padres might be willing to pay, what their their budget is. Preller told the media last week that they're going to be talking about the budget over the next few weeks here. They don't even know what it is, which... Okay, maybe you don't you haven't gotten like a finalized number, but come on. You don't know, like you haven't had conversations about what the budget's gonna be next year. Dude, you think of every scenario possible. Like you don't get sleep. You think of every scenario out there about stuff. So of course you're looking forward to all looking at all that stuff. Um, it's just the media speak, right? Blake Snell, yes, I I would I, I wouldn't be pissed off. Definitely, if Blake Snell returned. But I, I think it's going to be based off the years, the money. I don't want to give $180 million, at least right now. Maybe my opinion will change, but I don't want to give $180 million to Blake Snell over six years and giving him $30 million a year or over seven years where, yeah, that's under $30 million a year. But for a guy, when you look at his entire Padres tender, it wasn't like 2023 and he's not going to produce that season again and as i've said previously on previous shows the padres have gotten themselves in trouble giving big contracts and probably overpaying guys that have just had their peak season and they probably should know okay that guy's not going to have that season again next year or maybe at any point in this contract but they still give out that long contract so, yeah, it, it, I think Blake would be, I think Blake is definitely open to returning. I think he likes it in San Diego. I think he believes in the talent in the clubhouse. Obviously, he likes the Don and Mud conversations, loves those guys to death. But he seems like he likes teammates and likes Ruben Niebla, likes the fans, but money talks. And are the Padres in a situation where they can give another starting pitcher, a long-term deal, 
six years, seven years, like Carlos Rodon got with the Yankees last year. I think he got six years, $162 million. Are the Padres in a spot where they can do that? And it's I don't think it's going to be 160. I think they're going to be asking for maybe 200 to start the offseason and then work their way down, be more reasonable. Maybe it's 180. And there's a bunch of teams that would want starting pitching. And Blake Snell coming off of a Cy Young, that's going to create interest among whatever fan base he goes to. You think the Seattle Mariners want some pitching? Now, they're a team that they don't spend a ton. And I think Mariners fans are pissed off about that. But I think the Seattle Mariners, where he he is from, think they would like to have Blake Snell? Yeah, I think they'd like to have Blake Snell. I haven't looked at their payroll situation. But do you think, what if Aaron Nola leaves the Phillies? Do you think the Phillies would want Blake Snell? Do you think a team, I don't know, I don't know if the Yankees are the best team to point out there because they already have a big payroll. And the Mets, I don't think they're the best team because they're not trying to win next year. But do you think big market teams like that that have money to spend, do you think they want Blake Snell? Probably. I think money's definitely going to talk here. So I don't think Blake's coming back. But yeah, it would be nice to have him. Yamamoto, I'm seeing stuff where he's going to be lined up. It's the, the Japanese pitcher, right? Uh, I think he threw a no-hitter recently. Like, really good Japanese pitcher. He could be getting the same amount of money as Blake Snell is what I've seen. Maybe get a little bit less, but he's probably going to get the second most amount of money among any pitcher in the offseason. Not including Shohei, but like Snell, and then after that, Yamamoto. Are the Padres in the position to take that risk on Yamamoto and give that much money to him? Don't know. Doesn't feel like it, but we've been surprised before. So I'm, I'm not going to be, I'll be surprised probably again, but I wouldn't be shocked. I'd love to have Sonny Gray on this team. As someone that's watched a lot of Sonny Gray starts this year, oh, yes, I would love to have Sonny Gray on this team. But maybe in the offseason, it feels like that price may just keep going up. And based on whatever postseason performances he continues to have here, if the Twins advance, He's going to be pitching in game three for them in Minnesota tomorrow. Keep having these good postseason performances. His stock may only rise and the price tag may only go up. So, yeah, it feels like it's going to be a short term contract offseason for the Padres, like rotation wise. But again, I, I've been wrong before. We've all been wrong before. So we'll see what happens there. Um, if you have to trade Grish, that, this was also in my notes here, off-season wish list. If you have to trade Trent Grisham for starting pitching, controllable starting pitching, then do it. Then do it. Jackie Bradley Jr. is a free agent. I think Michael A. Taylor is going to be a free agent, although the Twins <laughs> feels like they have a pretty good guy there in Michael A. Taylor because Byron Buxton can't stay healthy. So there's different guys that you point at, like, yeah, that would be a nice fit for the Padres, but they might already have a good fit and be comfortable where, they, where they're at. So. They might just stay where they're at. But if you need to trade Trent, you know, a couple more years of control, another team might be like, we can fix this guy offensively. He's great defensively in center field. And that team might be willing to do that if they have a surplus of pitching. You do it. You have Jose Azokar who can do the same thing that Trent Grisham can do. Doesn't have the power potential. Doesn't He's not going to hit as many home runs. So you might have to be willing to sacrifice that. But... And now, 
hope isn't the best strategy, but hope that the other guys will hit more home runs next season, like their baseball card has said that they would do, but they didn't do this past year. You know, is Xander Bogarts going to have power zap from him for two months in the season and hit two home runs total in a two month span? I hope not. So, um, you know, it, it's the give and take, you know? So I like Trent it, it, defensively in center field. Love watching him play. I could watch him play center field all day, but he's frustrating for sure at the plate. And you could bring in someone like Jackie Bradley Jr. You can bring in someone like Michael A. Taylor. You could bring in a defensive-minded center fielder. Or you can move Tatis to center field and bring in a right fielder, which there's a lot more free agency options, I would say, in the corners than there is center field, right? Um, so there's a lot of possibilities here. Another item here, give Luis Camposano a solid backup. If, if if Gary's not going to come back. Don't know if Gary's going to come back. Maybe he just follows Blake Snell wherever Blake goes. Which, maybe that might happen because, I mean, Gary played well with Blake Snell here. Obviously, Blake Snell had a lot of success with Gary Sanchez. Maybe Blake gives Gary a car or something to come with him. I don't know. But if you can't keep Gary, solid backup behind Campy or catching tandem with Campy because we can't we can't roll Brett Sullivan and Austin Nola out there as another option because what if Camposano gets hurt then what are you left with you're left with what you had in 2022 with Nola catching almost every game can't throw out anyone we'll see if the mental the brain stuff right the eye thing that was happening hopefully that will be better and wishing the best to Austin I think he was taking some at-bats in Peoria. I saw some pictures online about that. So hopefully he's doing well. But we can't have a full season of just Campy and Nola or Campy and Sullivan. I just don't see how that's going to be enough. For a team that's trying to go win the World Series, you look at teams around baseball, you look at the Atlanta Braves. Look what they've got at catcher. You look at the Phillies with JT Romuto and what they've got there. You look at... The Minnesota Twins, they've got Jeffers, who has some power there, and they've got a, a good vet in Christian Vasquez. Not the best offensively, for sure, but a good vet, respected. He has the postseason experience and all that. Like The Padres, they, they've got to get someone better than what they have right now with Luis Camposado. And as for the bullpen, don't spend big on the bullpen. And it, because A.J. Preller's like, he, he's had a good history of bringing in guys where he hasn't spent big on the bullpen. Bringing in guys that maybe we don't know a ton about, but they end up being big pieces. Or, you know, bringing up guys in the farm system. Starting pitching hasn't been good. But like Tom Cosgrove, they traded for Ray Kerr, I think in that Adam Frazier deal. Maybe he's going to be a piece. We'll see what happens with Tim Hill and arbitration. I think he's going to be in his final year of arbitration. Uh, but... You might have to have guys like Anderson Espinoza give him a shot. I, I don't really understand why they didn't give him a shot at the end of this year when they weren't in it. Have him come up and give him a shot because they keep giving him a shot and keeping him at the, at the minor league system. Give him a shot at the big league level when, you've, when you're, you have a lost September. Kevin Copps, who's been on the show, wishing him the best. Uh, Iriarte, Adam Mazur, Iriarte, I think they're more like starters, but 
if you have to move him to the bullpen for a couple innings, have that be their role, then maybe you think about doing that so that you can, like, this is a spot. Reynolds, where they, they got him, uh, I think in the, I want to say that was the, the Garrett Cooper deal with Miami before the deadline. Um, this You want to shed some payroll here without getting rid of Juan Soto and starting rotation. You're probably going to have to spend a little bit of money there. This is the way you shed the payroll is by making some of these tough decisions arbitration-wise. Adrian Morhone, what's going to happen there? I think he's due like almost a million dollars now. What's going to happen there? Given these guys chances, especially in, in spring training, see what's going to happen. That's where you, you're going to, you can have a good amount of guys on the rookie deals. You know, the back end of the bullpen, it's there with Barlow and Suarez, Cosgrove, Stephen Wilson. Um, I think the bullpen needs improvement, but spending big on the bullpen, that's probably not the best idea with the payroll situation. And you need starting pitching. You need starting pitching. Um, be careful spending on the outfielders as well. Like if you do, don't bring in guys with obviously the injury track record or the one year of success. The the Adam Angle deals like one year, one million dollars. Like I liked it at the time, probably like defensively. But looking back on it, it's like those moves, though or those guys, that should be coming from the minor league system. And yeah, they don't have it, so they do have to make those deals or make some smaller trades for some of those guys um, that other teams are willing to give up. You know, like, because bringing in guys like that where they're vets, so you have to give them millions of dollars, even if they're going to be a bench piece, because that's just what the market is on a one-year deal. You, you got to still give them, uh, you know, at least a million dollars probably for them to come to you. But those moves, that should be coming from your minor league depth. It shouldn't be coming from, well, I guess we'll just spend on this veteran outfielder here or this veteran bat because we don't have anyone else. So maybe this next year is the final year where they do that because they have to. But I hope that they stop doing that because, I mean, those guys are signing for one-year deals for a reason, number one. And number two, if you want to lower the payroll, if you want to be sustainable, you got to have these guys at some point come up and be impactful for this Padres team. Um, I also put on the wish list here, very far down, but again, it's not like in a certain order. It's just what was coming out of my head, you know, when I put these notes together. Ask Crony about his willingness to play some outfield. I'm not saying you turn him totally into a Chris Taylor type, but I'm saying in like an emergency situation, think about, you know, putting him in the outfield. Um, I'm not saying with no reps, spring training. Ask him, hey, you willing to take some fly balls here after after everyone's done? You know, on a backfield somewhere, take some outfield fly balls, take some hard hit balls, you know, like like a single to right or a single to left or something, and simulate like you're throwing it to third or throwing it into second, like just to increase the versatility because he is locked down. So go, going back to like the team first mentality that I was talking about I think a couple shows ago with crony, like 
he already has his money. He already has the, what is it, a seven-year deal? Seven, seven or eight, whatever it is, 80, 70, 80 million dollars. He's already got his money. It's not 300 mil, but like this is his contract. It, it's, he's got it. So hopefully he is open to it. I'm not saying he should not fight back at all about it because, no, I mean, they gave him the money to be a, a valuable infielder for this Padres team. But at least be flexible about it, be open minded about it. And you want to play, right? Hassan Kim's going to be there. Bogarts is going to be there. Manny's going to be there. Let's see if they bring in a first base or a real first baseman, uh, a good power bat there. We'll see what happens. Um, if they do have that, and you got everyone else playing those positions, Kim's at second, Bogey's at short, Manny's at third, then you want to be in the lineup. You're probably not going to be DHing every day. So, how do you how are you gonna get in that lineup, man? You know, so it can't hurt, especially when you already got your money. I don't think it can hurt for Crony. Maybe Crony brings it up to the Padres. Like, hey, um, if someone will take the time to work with me here in the offseason, maybe he comes into Petco. I don't think he's at Petco for the offseason in San Diego. I think he goes back home. But if someone's willing to work with him, hey, I'm willing to be an emergency situation outfielder guy, a utility guy. I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not saying like I want to go be an outfielder and not an infielder, but I'm just saying I want to help the team in any way that I can. So that's, that's something that I would look at if I was Jake, if I was the Padres, just be open to it. Bring the outfield fences in is also something that I put on here. This is not roster construction. And maybe I'm being just too reactive to one season where it felt like the Padres got robbed a bunch of warning track balls. But especially in center and right, can moving the fences in a couple feet, a few feet, can that hurt? Wouldn't that make it more attractive? Wouldn't that help the Xander Bogarts of the world, Tatis and Manny and Cronoworth, the guys that you have locked down for a long time? Wouldn't that help them? maybe get some better numbers and increase their production. Now you could say, well, Ben, you're also hurting your pitching staff at the same time. And that's true. But I think the, the priority should be the offense. I mean, look at the pitching staff. The pitching staff was fine, especially the rotation. The, the bullpen, there was definitely some issues there. But the rotation, I thought was pretty fine this year. It was the offense where it was like, oh, wow. A lot of warning track balls, a lot of situation, situational hitting needs to improve. That's something as, as well, obviously. Uh, but I don't think it can hurt to bring in the outfield fences a little bit. I'm not saying you make it into Williamsport, but it seems like it's a little deep. Not like Coors Field, but it feels like it could be a little bit more hitter-friendly to you know the guys that you have here for the next decade that are going to be here when they're 40. Uh, I think it, it wouldn't hurt. All right. Coming back from this quick break, I am going to uh, pull up the chat. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. 
All right, so hopefully you can hear me. I am yelling a little bit here because uh, I think someone forgot to turn off something here in the garage. So this is where I do it. So it is loud in here. Okay, now it's off. Okay, hopefully it doesn't turn back on because that was really loud. Um, sorry about that. Apologies. All right. Um, should I go? I'm going to go to the chat first, and then I'll hop over to to, uh, to Twitter to go through the replies there. Padres offseason wish list. Let's see here what people have to say. Padres offseason wish, wish list here. Mitchie says re-signing Soto, top priority. Well, I didn't. I noticed I did not say re-signing Soto because I think that you got to worry about the 2024 team first, and you have Soto under contract for the 2024 season. Sure, having Soto locked up would be great, but I think you got to put the current team as your priority first. And with Soto, of course, have have the the conversations. I guess I should have put that on there as well. Have the conversations with Soto. But I don't think they're super open to having an extension done when Soto's coming off of not his best season. And he's so close to free agency. He's a year away from free agency. And he wants to lock himself down to an extension. He wants to lock himself up when the Padres might be there in free agency anyway. So I don't know. I don't know if Soto wants to be here. I don't know if the Padres are 100% committed to wanting Soto to be here in terms of like payroll flexibility wise, long term. I don't know if teammates, I would think the team wants Juan Soto here because he's a great player. Uh, but I think there's a lot of factors in this. So I think the fans definitely should want Juan Soto here long term. But I, I'm not putting that as a top priority. Top priority is, you know, the 2024 team. That's what matters the most here, in my opinion. And I think part of me saying that is because I think that Soto's just going to free agency. So don't waste the time. Have the conversations, because you never know, but don't waste the time if you get the thought, like, he's not really engaged with these, these conversations, you know? And if you're going to have the conversations... Don't have it through Scott Boris because Scott Boris is going to have he's going to he's going to have his own motive. It's not going to be it may not be in the totally best interest of what wants Soto wants, which is what it should be. But he's going to want Soto to go to free agency. So make sure you have those conversations. If Boris is in there, have Soto in there as well. Like don't make this just a Boris Preller or Boris Seidler or Boris whatever thing. Have Soto be involved. Thank you, Joseph. Says, I love talking friars. Thank you. Appreciate it. Padre Bod says, bro, you've done such a great job this year covering our boys. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate everyone's support here. Devin says, I heard AJ is open to relinquish his GM position. If that's true, they should, for someone that is in a winning culture, like the Braves, Orioles, Dodgers, etc., Yes, I agree on that, but I think that's just AJ telling the media, telling the fan base what they want to hear. I don't think that's AJ actually being like, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely open to having an unbiased person that doesn't like what I'm doing come on in here and put some more balance into this front office. 
I don't think he's fully open to that. He wants to run the show. That's what I feel like. I'm not saying he wants to run the team into the ground. I'm just saying that he wants to to run it. He wants to be the one that really turns this thing around. And he th- he believes in his front office people. So I think, yes, he has to be open to it. Based on how this past season went, his track record, he has to be open to it. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Robert says, I hope they keep Soto at all costs. You mean like 500, over $500 million? You're willing to do that? Not your money, but kind of is if you're a season ticket holder because those prices may just continue to keep going up. I hope, Robert says, Snow will uh, work a deal to stay here. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It feels like he would just he's just going to go where the money goes if it's like on a contender or a team that's on the up you know it, it's moving in the right direction. Irie says on league minimums Profar and Myers would be great bench pieces between those two they can play any position on the diamond Myers will even pitch LOL. Yeah, Myers he might just retire. And Profar, I want back. Yeah. And I think he wants to come back because he saw, yeah, being in Colorado, probably didn't like it that much. I think he believes in the talent that's on this Padres team. I think he's pretty good money-wise as well. He doesn't have $300 million, but I think he's pretty good. I'd like to be in a spot financially. <laughs> I think a lot of people would. And if he wants to win, I think the Padres, they're Probably not the best spot for that. I will admit that, even as a biased Padres fan. Not the best spot for that, but in terms of comfort, he will have a role on the team. Bob Melvin likes him. I think this is a spot that he would want to be. If he, if all he gets is like, maybe you'll start a little bit, you're going to platoon, bench guy, I think the Padres are a good spot for him there. All right. Continuing to go through the chat here. Accountability, yes, that's would be a good thing to have in this offseason. Um, let's see here. Ben wants to keep Merrill too. Yeah, I do want to keep Merrill. Yeah. I think there's a possibility he could move to one of the outfield spots in the future if the infield is taken up. Do I want to keep Kim? Yeah, but with Cronenworth locked up. Merrill would be much cheaper than having Hassan Kim. So, if one has to go, it feels like I'm okay with Kim going because Cronenworth's locked down. I don't think someone's going to just take Cronenworth's contract. Um, let's see here. Continuing to go through, seeing which, if there's comments that steps or that stands out excuse me padre bod says i hope gary's our stop gap till salas arrives i hope campy is um gary you know give him yeah a couple year deal so i hope yeah campy campy gary that combo is now with 
with Salas, I guess it just depends on like how long is it going to take? Is it three years? Is it just two years? Is it four years? How long is it going to be? He's already in double A, but I think that's just Preller. Like that was just to add to his case to like Peter Seidler and Eric Gruppner and people like, Hey, Salas is already up at double A. Hey, all these top prospects, they're already up at double A. Look, things are moving fast. Like these other teams in baseball, you know, the Orioles, how they, how they move guys up fast. Like, we're doing that too. It's it's a positive here. Believe in me. I think that's more what it is than are were these guys actually ready to go, you know, play double A. Yeah, Sullivan is an average backup at best, maybe below. I mean, he doesn't bring much offensively. He, he's well below average offensively. But that could that that could very well be the case with other a lot of other backup catchers in baseball. Uh, Adrian asked, do you think the Xander signing was a mistake? I think the years were, the money, yeah, but I'm not ready to give up on Xander Bogarts. I like Xander Bogarts. I think I didn't like the the thought about him not like not wanting to move to first base, like when he's already got his money. I didn't like that. But it feels like he's someone that really wants to win. And when he was talking to the media, middle of the season, when they were playing the Nationals and not being able to win those series, he was pissed off like, and he's a baseball fan. Like, he's a baseball nut. Come on, we're playing the Nationals. They didn't have playoff aspirations. Come on. Like, he's frustrated. He was frustrated just like a, a lot of Padres fans were. And that's what Padres fans were saying at that time. And you had someone in the clubhouse saying those things. So it was like, oh, they relate to us. That's cool. Um, and Yeah. And everything Don, Don Ursillo has said about Xander, like, I just like Xander Bogarts. Maybe I just got swayed from the opening press conference about him like being baseball struck. I actually named my YouTube, my MLB YouTube channel after that. So you can go check that out where I'll be talking occasionally about the postseason um, and other things around baseball there. Um, but yeah, like when he was talking about how he's baseball struck and he's watching, he's it's on his mind 24 seven and he really wants to win and all that. Like um, maybe that swayed me, but. I like Xander. I'm not I'm not gonna give up on him after one season. And I don't think we should because we don't have a choice. He's here for the next decade. So I I'm gonna have faith in him. Just like I had faith in Hosmer, by the way. I shouldn't have, looking back on it, but I I kept the faith. I still tried to believe in Hosmer, like going into probably year three or four. I, I gave it a shot. And then once there's the sample size where it's like, all right, this guy truly doesn't care as much as other guys, not willing to change, just not a good player, way overpaid. Yeah, okay, then I'm done. And I really don't like Hosmer. Hate is a strong word to like you hate any human being, but I strongly dislike uh, Eric Hosmer, just like I think a lot of Padres fans do. Uh, Padre Bob says, great show. Haven't seen you since week one-ish. Good to see your opinions lining up with common sense. What do you mean week one? Haven't seen you since week one? What do you mean week one? Of, like, week one of what? Because I do, I do consistent shows. I upload consistently on YouTube. 
other San Diego sports as well. Loyal, by the way, they clinched a home playoff game this past weekend. San Diego Wave got a draw. They also clinched a home, not just a home playoff game, but they, the rest of their season is going to be at home. It's going to be uh, a bye, or they first off, they've got their final regular season match coming up this weekend. So get your tickets. San Diego Wave's website, there's $10 tickets. There's kids getting free, $12, or excuse me, age 12 and under. Um, so get your tickets on their website. They could win the Shield, by the way, this weekend. Then there's the bye with the, uh, because they've got the quarterfinal bye because they're going to be a top two seed. They locked that down this past weekend. And then the semifinal at Snapdragon, they win that. The final is going to be at Snapdragon anyway. So they're, they're at home the rest of the way. Um, so I talk about other San Diego sports. I uh, put a lot of videos up. If some people don't want to watch the full hour live show um, just because of their schedule or whatever, they're only interested in certain topics. So I put up clips as well for if you only want to watch that. So I try to make it as convenient as possible um, for Padre fans, for San Diego sports fans to consume the content in any way that they want to. Um, all right. Getting to uh, Twitter here, some of the replies. What is your Padres offseason wish list? I put this up yesterday, and I'll just go through some of the responses. Carrie says Manny has a healthy rehab and recovery. Juan Soto stays with the Padres. Yes, that should be on my wish list as well. Manny being a uh, healthy Manny Machado going into spring training next year. I'm not saying that he's going to be fully ready to go to play third base, but have your offseason be as well as it could have been. The surgery went well. Hopefully the rehab goes really well. That's definitely on my, my wish list as well. Um, Sean says Soto gone, Snell stays. I Kind of the opposite. I mean, I want Snell to be here, but just not on a huge contract. I want Soto here, and Snell, It's I don't think it's the end of the world if he goes. James says a real first baseman and a DH, hopefully Otani and Snell. That's unrealistic in my opinion. Snell and Otani, yeah, that's that's unrealistic. Uh, Paco says sign Soto, trade for Burns. Okay, I think that's unrealistic as well. Snell goes, keep Hader. That's unrealistic. Uh, they're not giving $100 million to Josh Hader. Make a run for a first baseman. Make a trade for a center fielder or a corner. I mean, that's what I would say because you could just move Tatis to center. If we trade Crony... Grish, or if we can trade them, do it. Keep Garrett Cooper. Unload the rest of the newcomers as well as Garcia, Nola, Carpenter. Try to keep either Waka or Lugo. That's a lot that Paco put here. Um, some of it I think is unrealistic. Unload the rest of the newcomers. So like Choi and Rich Hill? Yeah, of course. Uh, unload. Well, Garcia is a free agent, I think. So it's not really unloading. It's just they're just coming off the books. You don't have to bring them back. Nola's under contract. We'll see what happens there. Carpenter, I think he'd have to be attached to like a Juan Soto trade to get rid of him or someone appealing. Or you just you trade him somewhere and you, you expect to get like nothing back. If you're just trying to get someone to take that five and a half, I think it's five and a half, five and a half million dollars for 2024. Aaron says Voight. Yeah, but that's going to have to be like a spring training invite thing. That's not like a, a guaranteed roster spot, I don't think. 
Uh, a crazy, crazy dream would be to trade for Trout. Yes, that would be. And he has some injury history. So I would love to have Mike Trout on the baseball team, but you're giving that's like another Juan Soto trade. You're giving up a lot, and then that's a lot of money that you're taking on as well. Uh, take a look at Jung Ho Lee. Jung Ho Lee. Yeah, that's another one. But I don't, to be honest, I don't know like what we should expect him to be commanding on the free agent market. How much money is he going to be asking for? Is it $200 million? Like maybe Bellinger? What is it going to be? Is it 100 mil? I just simply don't know that right now. So we'll see. Um, but I think Kim used to be teammates with him, so they might have an edge there. I've heard some good things about him. Victor says a world championship. Yes, obviously that's the goal. Manuel just won the World Series. Yes, that's the goal. Carl says a replacement for Preller. Well, that's not happening because Preller's staying. He already he's been on the the radio. He he did his Zoom conference press conference last week. That's not happening. Maybe they bring in a GM, but Preller's the guy. He's calling the shots, so that's not happening. Extend Soto again. Maybe that's a priority, but how open is Soto? How open is Boris? How are the Padres? Is that a main priority for them? I think. Situating the 2024 roster, getting that under control, that should be the main priority first. You can work on two things at the same time, but if you have to pick one or the other, you're, you you got to get the 2024 roster in the best shape possible. Uh, R. Vegas says, Melvin Preller and Seidler agree on a GM. Good luck with them all agreeing on one GM. Trade Soto. Okay, no thanks. Hater walks. Okay. Make an effort on Waka, Lugo, and Snell. Okay. Move Bogarts to the outfield? I have not seen that one be brought up. That's not happening. I think I can rule that one out. That's Well, Bogarts, he did say, I think, to Kevin Acey, like, middle, up the middle. But I think he meant short and second. They're not putting Bogarts in center field. Uh, extend Kim. Move him to shortstop. So you're going to have Bogarts locked up long-term. You're going to have Kim locked up, Cronoworth locked up, Manny locked up. You're hamstringing yourself there. So what's going to happen if Martorella comes up? Um, I, is one of those guys just being a DH? Are you not going to extend Soto then? Because you're using a lot of some of that money for Hassan Kim. I don't see a Kim extension happening. I don't see a Soto extension happening. I don't know if I see any extension happening this offseason. Like what extension is there that that would, hap that would happen? I, I just don't see it. Move Tatis to center. So this person wants Tatis to center, Soto and left, Bogarts and right, I would assume. That's just not happening. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. Tatis to center, I could see. But Bogarts to the outfield, I just don't see it. Um, oh yeah, he wants to trade Soto. So Soto brings us some young starting pitching, right field or first base. Well, then what, what what's happening with Bogarts then if you're moving him to the outfield? Keep Merrill, Snelling, Salas, Lesko, Marcy, Jacob Marcy. Yes, I, I agree on that. Who is the most expendable among those, though? Merrill, Snelling, Salas, Lesko, Mar probably Marcy. Because you want Lesko and Snelling. You, you want to keep them. Obviously, Salas untouchable. And you probably want to keep Merrill as well. Because right now, I just don't see Hassan Kim being here long-term with this team. Just based on the situation. The, the other guys that are locked up around him. 
I see some signed Snell, Soto lifetime contracts, Soto and Nola. Aaron Nola, I think, is what James is referring to here. I don't think Austin Nola is what he means. Uh, really, real hitting coach and program, not Manny's buddy buddy. I think it's more up to the players. They've cycled through so many hitting coaches, and what has that done? It's on the players to, to be better. I think the hitting coaches, maybe they need to be given better information from the front office or something, but that's not something that I can talk about a whole lot because we don't know. We don't know about that. We're not behind the scenes for that. Uh, Squib says $2 hot dogs and $10 beer. That would be nice, right? But the Padres, they've got to pay these guys somehow. So, yeah, that's a dream pretty much. That's not going to happen. Tony says, not much, just a World Series title. Yeah, not much at all. Not asking for much. Just something that's never happened in this franchise's history before. That's all. Kevin says, move Ha-Sung Kim. Sell high, baby. Okay. That's something that's going to be thrown around in this front office, I think. Because they throw around everything. Um, if, if they really believe in Jackson Merrill, and they can bring in... Or, they bring back Profar, he can play the infield. I could see that. Cronenworth, he can play short. He played short in 2022 a little bit. Probably in 2021 as well a little bit. He can play short. Bogarts can play short. Manny can play short. They can have Eggy Rosario play second or short, or second or third, excuse me. Batten can play second or third if you absolutely need it. Profar, we know he can play multiple positions. I, I think that's more probable than moving Hassan Kim than them moving Juan Soto to be honest. At least, at least maybe, maybe not for the Padres, because like, $30 mil, over $30 million is much different than $7 million in terms of saving money and getting the payroll down. Maybe it's Soto to them, but for me, I, would, I think it would be more realistic to trade Kim and sell high there than to trade Soto and not even have the opportunity to have those you know, to have Soto, Manny, Tatis, Bogarts, have them all in the same lineup again and try it one more time in 2024. You could have Bogarts lead off last year. I mean, we saw that work here in September. We could try that. You could have Tatis or have Profar if you have Profar on the roster. Um, I'm not saying, like, I want Kim gone. I'm just saying if you're going with a sell-high mindset, it does make sense, I think. Yeah, I see Medjdell from the Orioles being brought up here. I don't know a ton about him. Not going to act like I do. I would like James Click, someone like that. But um, I don't see it happening. But yes, that's something on my wish list. Yamamoto, 100-win team in a ring, pitching a, in a big bat, new contract for Kim, keep Snell, trade the farm for Otani. Well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about then. Um, not going to call him out by name, but Otani's a free agent, so you cannot do that by rule. <laughs> uh, a time machine, Jacob says. Okay. A good team, JR says. Yeah, not asking for much. Jim says stability. Pepe says Otani and a lot of team therapy sessions. Nathan says Soto and Marcus Stroman. Stroman would be interesting on this team. There's already a lot of interesting personalities. Add another one in there. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, get more shortstop. Seems to be working out for us. That's That seems sarcastic there. Fire AJ Preller. Um, let's see. Change the home uniforms and get rid of the pinstripes. Well, I th- that's a bad take. I like the home uniforms. I like the home pinstripes. My favorite uni is the road pinstripe one, but I like the home pinstripe. They're not getting rid of the uniforms. After they just changed to the brown and gold with these, they're not changing it. The scorekeeper, Dave, says... Dodgers essing the bed. Yes, that would be that would be nice. They already are in the postseason. I mean, Kershaw got wrecked. Dude gave up six runs and got one out. Oh my goodness. D-backs smashed that guy. Wow, he sucked. Holy cow. That made me smile on what was that? Saturday? Saturday night? Holy cow. And then they're going to start him again, game four. I mean, it's like they have no choice, the Dodgers, because they don't have the depth. Yeah, because they don't have Gonsolin. They don't have Dustin May. They don't have Walker Bueller. And that's why I'm not going to be shocked if the Dodgers get bounced here in the NLDS again, because they don't have the depth. They had more depth last year. They were in a better spot last year, I think, than they were this year, than they are this year. So... And they lost last year and being in a better spot. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, that, that made me smile. Uh, I'm not someone that's like, I'm not rooting for any sp- uh, specific NL team. I'm not like rooting a bunch for the D-back. Now, when they play the Dodgers, yeah. But like, 
I'm not like going all in on the D-backs, like let's go D-backs because they're an NOS team. Like, no, I don't want the D-backs to win. But if if I had to pick one, yeah, I'm picking the D-backs. Um, the team I'm rooting for is the Minnesota Twins because I've got uh, a lot of family there and um, got some big Twins fans. And they they've had a, it's been a long time since they've had postseason success. It was it was the first time that they won a postseason series since 2002. First time they won a postseason game since 2004, and they've won three of them already. So, yeah, they're happy there. All right, Talking Friars episode 486. That's it. Thank you so much for the time. Podcast listeners, YouTube, live, or on replay, I appreciate that. Hit the subscribe button if you have not already. You can turn on those post notifications with hitting that bell, and then hit all so you don't miss when I go live. If you want to be a part of these live chats, these live streams, you want to join the show, I always give that opportunity. Uh, by clicking that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat during these live streams. Reminder, SeatGeek, code Talking Friars, $20 off your order. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. Click the link in the description for that or use code Talking Friars. BreakingTea.com, click the link in the description. Some great San Diego sports swag, Padres, Aztecs, Wave, Yaglion Bros. Their main location is on Friars Road. Gaglione Bros, they got their website in the description. Best cheesesteaks, garlic fries in San Diego. And Foco, some bobbleheads, collectibles there that you can click the link in the description for if you're interested in that as well. All right, that's it. Have a great rest of your day. See you all later.